Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Off the Edge, episode 37. Jake Allenbogen, Cameron Lynch here. We are wrapping up another series. It is the NFC North preview. Okay, we finished all the previews, and now we're going to wrap it up with the NFC North. Before we dive into that, we just ask that you would like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, wherever you're consuming uh, this content. Cam, how you doing, my guy? Man, doing doing great, Jake. Um, second week of preseason games. We're not going to put too much into it, but it's always good to see the progression. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs are looking explosive even in the preseason, right? It's like you don't want to give it too much, but there's some teams that, Jake, just show up. Like preseason, postseason, regular season, it doesn't matter. They look explosive. So I'm excited to speak about some of these teams on the NFC North. We'd love to see them be a little bit more explosive come game three and kickoff because it's right around the corner, my man. How are you feeling, Jake? I'm feeling good, you know. Uh, I'm excited to end this series because I think it's been a lot of fun, but, you know, it's just something, you know, mission accomplished, right? You know, you went through all 32 teams. Um, You know, I know we want to hit a little bit on some guys that stood out before we do preview the NFC North. Um, but we will do that right after because I do have a special word from our sponsors, betonline.ag, uh, which is your number one source for all your betting needs this season. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, and golf. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code believe for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. Can we also have an underdog fantasy? And uh, we probably, I would say this week, if you're down, uh, should start ramping up the fantasy football. Yeah, yeah, let's definitely jump into it, Jake, right? Knock, knock the dust off the boots. I know you jumped in a couple of weeks ago yeah. and found some success through uh, Underdog Fantasy. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I, as an athlete, you kind of try to stay away, stay away from it. But now it's like, hey, retire. Let's go ahead and jump in. So I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. And uh, if you guys are looking forward to it as well, you can use our promo code off the edge, all one word, uh, no spaces off the edge. Users will receive a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars if they use the promo code when signing up. And uh, yeah, pl- come play with us. We'll have links posted. Yeah. We got we got discords. We got Twitters, all sorts of stuff. So, um, yeah, we can get you guys involved. And the cool thing is, Cam, you might not have known this, but they have a new feature uh, that they rolled out, I think, two years ago. Uh, so I guess it's not that new, but um, you can do a quick draft, which everyone's used to, right? You draft, it takes an hour or so, and then you're good. Or you can do a slow draft in which everybody gets eight hours to pick their pick. And I think that works out well in a world that is very busy. That it, that works out well when you're talking about 10, 12 people that you have to count on making their selection. So, Yeah, you know, and Jake, you know what's great, too? Just through this underdog fantasy, I'm learning more about fantasy football, which is great. I'm sure people that are listening can teach us something, but we can also <laughs> teach them something. And I'm educating people, you know, at work, people at, you know, my parents I'm about about just fantasy football and how it operates because I got you, my guy, to break it down for me. So I'm looking forward to the season with underdog fantasy. Hell yeah. So, guys, once again, off the edge, no spaces, sign up, and you'll get your deposit match. So 
It's that simple. All right. You know what else is that simple? The division <laughs> and listing it out one through four and who you think is going to ultimately win. <laughs> so, Cam, without further ado, I have number one, the Detroit Lions taking home the NFC North crown. I have number two, the Minnesota Vikings coming in second. Number three, the Chicago Bears coming in three. And I have number four, the Green Bay Packers. So we'll we'll get into it a little bit. Um, obviously, what are your four, and then we'll have our usual discussion. Yeah, no, that's that's spicy there, Jake. Um, number number four in the, the division. I'm going to have to go the Bears. Unfortunately, I'm going to go the Bears. Um, I like the Packers at number three because Jordan Love. For Aaron Rodgers to leave, Jordan Love to stay. You know, he's been looking good in the preseason. We'll see how it goes. He's not Aaron Rodgers, but I got them at number three. And then number one and number two, Jake, it, it's a little bit tough. It's a little tough. Um, think about the Lions preseason game sold out this year. There's a lot of excitement behind the Lions, what they did last year, beating out the Packers as well. So I don't want to make mine exactly like yours. That's why I'm trying to figure out a way to twist things up a little bit. But I'm going to go with the Lions at number one, Jake. I'm going to go Lions at number one as well. Um, the Vikings at number two because at number at the Vikings on their defensive side, I'm not sure what they're going to do. But the Lions, I think they have a lot of momentum. So I, I think the only difference for us is um, I have the Bears last and you ha- in the division, you have the Packers number three. But um sorry, the Packers last. So that's the only change, the only difference. But other than that, that's my lineup there. Yeah. So, all right, let's start off with you have the Bears at four. So let's start off with the bears. Um, we totally missed the boat and that's my bad on the preseason performer. So we can save that into the end of the show. Um, but we're already, we're into it. We can't get out. You know, it's like quicksand, man. You know, we're already in the (laughs) FC North. So with the bears, right. You have them at four. I'm at three. Um, reason why I like them reason why I don't first off, I really like Kyler Gordon. Um, I think he's a sleeper, so I'm just going to throw my sleeper out there so I don't forget it. (laughs) Kyler Gordon (laughs) is uh, playing the nickel. He struggled last year mightily as a rookie. Okay, They go out, they get Tyreek Stevenson in the second round this year out of Miami, as we know, because we covered that. Um, Jalen Johnson's an absolute stud on the outside. You got Brisker and you got Jackson. Uh, I don't have to talk about Eddie Jackson to you. I mean, we we know that guy can ball. Uh, So really what it comes down to is I think everyone is kind of looking at these two corners, Tyreek Stevenson and Kyler Gordon. Um, There's some other guys there that could be competing for jobs. Terrell Smith is somebody, one of my guys out of Minnesota that they draft in the fifth round. But I think Gordon shoring up at nickel staying there he's getting good reviews from camp um i think he's a really talented player that had a bad year at a position that's wicked hard to just come in and play at a rookie level so i think gordon is going to fill in nicely at the nickel spot um and i think people are sleeping on the running backs it's like there's no Christian McCaffrey cam. There's no Nick Chubb. There's no big name running back, but I don't care because Khalil Herbert Herbert averages almost uh, over, excuse me, five yards per carry. He just doesn't get the playing time. Oh, he's a six round pick. I don't care because production is production cam. And when I look at Khalil Herbert, I look at Dante Foreman who almost had a thousand yards after being the backup until, you know, Chris 
Christian McCaffrey was gone by midseason. Um, that looks good. And then our guy Roshan Johnson out of Texas. I mean, it's not a bad thing to have a bunch of guys that can do it and not one central guy like a Todd Gurley in his prime, a Le'Veon Bell in his prime, Saquon Barkley. It's actually, it's almost better in this day and age where it's acceptable to not have a bell cow running bad. It's acceptable to, you know, take time and, and, you know, have those timeshares. I think it's really going to help them out, especially you got Justin Fields, who I'm going to say right now, I really am. He's the question mark for me. Um, and I mean this with all due respect. If the bears get Justin Fields, who I saw at Ohio state, not just the runner, but he develops right here and he develops you know, as far as reading defense is quicker and he develops his throwing and, and just there's more confidence because he just doesn't look like the most confident quarterback in the NFL. If he develops into a top 10 quarterback, this Bears team can win the division. I mean, they really can. They're not, I mean, the defense has a lot of talent all over the place. They signed TJ Edwards, right? They signed Tremaine Edmonds. They got a lot of bulk at linebacker. They have Yannick Ngakwe, who they signed. Don't forget about that. They got guys in the middle and Justin Jones, Andrew Billingsley, uh, Billings, excuse me, and Demarcus Walker, who's a stud. Okay. They have Cole Komet, another weapon. They have Chase Claypool. They spent a lot for him, but they have him. Darnell Mooney, good player, right? And then I'm not even talking about their highlight of their offense. And that is DJ Moore, Cam. I I would feel a lot better about this team if I knew Justin Fields ahead of time was going to be a top 10 quarterback. I do not. And so for that reason, I have him at three. You have him at four for obviously it's not exactly that reason, um, but that's why I have him at um, three this time around, Cam. That's respectful. Um, as you do know, as the people listening off the edge know, the Bears fan base is probably one of the better fan bases in the sport of football. Let's just full stop there. They're a strong group, even for our podcast, right? We talk about Zach Pickens and some other folks, um, Javon Dexter on this podcast and the views go crazy, so we always want to show love, you know, and we always want to show love to people that show us love. Um, even though I do have them at four, it's all good. Um, I do think that the Bears are on the way, right? After this draft, seeing how well they did, seeing the brother polls, right, the change of guard, we're, I'm comfortable seeing where this Bears team is going. Justin Fields has to stay healthy, Jake. For this team to be, even be number three, like you said, they have to stay healthy. If Justin doesn't stay healthy, then I'm going to have him at, keep him at number four because I think they're going to struggle. Um, you know, just watching some of this preseason game, I know P.J. Walker stepped in as their backup, uh, Nathan Peterman and uh, and Tyson Bagnett. To be honest, Jake, Tyson Bagnett impressed me the most, right? I know P.J. Walker was in a bit and things are a little bit slower, but Bagnett got in and was moving the football, and that was the most exciting thing. And the reason why I want to hit on these backup quarterbacks so much is everyone knows here we cover um, Believe in the Rams and – last year's coverage of the Rams was tough because starting quarterback went down and we're now talking about these backup quarterbacks and from now on Jake anytime we talk about a football team I want to know how good their backup is I I feel like I sound like a broken record but it's super super important so um, I think the success of this team is going to depend off of their bench essentially who was backing them up um, unfortunately, Jake, this preseason game, like I said, we don't want to put too much into it, but I didn't see that much explosiveness that I that I saw pre the week one, right? The Stars were in week one. Uh, you talked about DJ Moore looking super explosive. That offensive line 
got the offensive uh, player or uh, position group of the week, uh, week one because of their perimeter blocking. The DJ Moore had a screen pass and took it to the house. Super exciting. My thing is, what is the, what are their backups going to do? How is that going to look? So I'm not I'm not too sure, Jake. But I'm going to share this. Um, I have I have three guys on my uh, my sleeper list. I'm going to name I'm going to name one of them as my sleeper, but two other guys that I just want to shout out, and I'll shout those other guys out. But we talked about Roshan Johnson being that uh, shadow sleeper, right? Bijan Robinson was at Texas with him. He was the guy, and then now Roshan Johnson being the sleeper or the shadow sleeper as well. He carried the football really well in that second quarter uh, of the preseason game. So I think he's going to be really good for this team, Jake. And you talked about having depth at running back. They need it because we don't need Justin Fields running all day, right? You want the offense coordinator to say, hey, we have three capable capable guys or four that can run the football. And you think about the Seattle offense, right? The, the Seattle running back room, they are insane. They have, they have great depth there. And Geno Smith can worry about folk um, and throwing that football. And another guy I want to call call out, Mercedes Lewis, right? I think he's on track, Jake, to uh, be the have the stint for the longest career of tight ends in the NFL. So he's with the Packers before, and now he's with with the Bears. And Jake, I do think he's going to be a great addition to this offense. Justin Fields needs that veteran in in the locker room, and I think that's really important. And Mercedes Lewis, he's the most veteran that we know here, so I think he will be that for the Bears team. So I'm going to call him out, and then. My sleeper, Jake Nosul. I mean, I know he's a rookie um, coming out of Oregon, but he was flying around that preseason game. And I'm a little bit biased towards linebackers. So I think the Bears have a great one there, and he's going to be great for that for that linebacker room. So that's all she wrote on the Bears for me, Jake. Um, like I said, going back to the beginning point, Justin Fields has to stay healthy for this organization to move things forward. No, I absolutely agree with you. And uh, a good news for him is that so far through the preseason, hear me out. The Bears have allowed no sacks. None. Their offensive line has been stout. Larry Borum has been incredible in 72 reps. Uh, Jatir uh, Carter. See, these are guys that you want to see step up. You're only getting seven out of Tevin Jenkins, okay? He only had seven snaps. He is a lock to be a starter, okay? But guys, like we talk about with depth all the time on here, to see a Larry Borum and Jatir uh, Carter come out, not give up a sack, only one pressure, and Jatir Carter played 84 snaps, and Larry Borum's played 72 to this point, um, that's really good stuff, you know? And that's yeah. really what I'm looking at is, like, you know, how much more, you know, can we learn about this Bears team and going out and getting Darnell Wright, like we talked about, big boy at right tackle, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I think when you have him... You know, he, he fits right into the offensive line with Nate Davis and Cody Whitehair and Tevin Jenkins and Braxton Jones, who I, you know, was oozing over. I mean, I love Braxton Jones, the, the fifth rounder they got last year. Absolute stud. But I think guys like Borum kind of get lost in translation. Fifth rounder in 2021. It's a position that doesn't get the work in camp uh, because of the new CBA that was agreed upon the last, you know, couple years, five years, whatever. Um, does not get the same preseason or the same camp treatment as before. And we talked about this. 
So uh, developing offensive line is important. And so, um, you know, just to see those guys playing at that level, Alex Leatherwood looked pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, I think that's that's a good sign for the Bears that might actually have more depth than people realize, um, you know, on the offensive line. And then, you know, you fit in Justin Fields and all the weapons he has and the defense. It's like, all right, well, we'll see. But we'll also see because yeah. I got the Packers at four. You have them at three. Um and I'll just tell you right now, the guy that I'm looking at for the Packers and the, um, you know, the sleeper, I don't even know if you can call him a sleeper. He's a second round pick, but I don't think people realize how much run he's going to get this year. It's Luke Musgrave. Okay. Uh, this guy can block. This guy can catch. This guy can run. Um, I think when you have a young quarterback in Jordan Love, uh, the most important thing is getting the ball out, uh, getting out quickly and efficiently. And the second most important thing is, you know, if you don't have a Romeo Dobbs open or a Christian Watson streaking down the sideline, you're going to have to get it to other guys. And the security and safety net is, in my opinion, Luke Musgrave, the tight end. You mm-hmm. know, they also got your guy, Tucker Craft. But, you know, the way I see mm-hmm. it is either one of those guys are going to help. But all, uh, all the reports kind of, you know, point to the idea that, Luke Musgrave has kind of taken over that that number one uh, tight end spot, which you like to see as a rookie. Um, so I think when you look at this team, there are some. It's like the island of misfit toys. They got a lot of different pieces in different spots. Um, Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks are guys that I'm curious about. I'm also curious about um, you know a former seventh rounder and Bo Melton. Uh, I believe out of Rutgers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's interesting to me. They have some interesting players. I mean, even guys that are on the defensive side, like Colby Wooden that you brought up, uh, Carl Brooks, who's having a good preseason, might not start right away, but could be important. Lucas Van Ness, who we talked about at length throughout the year. Brenton Cox Jr., who we talked about uh, before, kind of the, you know, the, the question marks with the character concerns. But, you know, at the end of the day, if he can get on this roster, you know, he's got a skill set. But then they already have guys that you look at, Keyshawn Nixon, Rasul Douglas, uh, Darnell Savage, Jair Alexander, one of the best corners in all football. The Packers have a lot here. Again, it comes down to how good are we going to see Jordan Love play? And I think Love is going to be solid. Um, But I'll be honest with you, Cam, uh, if in the effort of being transparent as possible uh, with Jordan Love, I didn't love him coming out of Utah State. Um, So, you know, for me, it's more so he's got to prove it to me. There are a lot of people that are championing the idea like this is my guy. Like I love Jordan Love. Like I'm not in that boat cam. So it's going to take me a little bit to just dive into the pool and be like, yeah, no Aaron Rodgers. No problem. Like, sorry, he's won two of the last three uh, MVPs. Okay, I understand he had a down year last year. um, But, you know, the fact of the matter is this. It's like the same team, but you take Aaron Rodgers off it. And you added some guys, but it's going to be all down to Jordan love and how good he is and how much all of this sitting really did because cam I'll bring this up uh, right before I, you know, pass you the baton here. Uh, Cause I have him fourth and you have him third. You know, I think the important thing we realize is that there are different learning, um, you know, systems. They're different, like, you know, learning uh, strategies. Not everybody learns the most just by watching. There's some people that just have to do it. And to just assume, because Jordan Love has been watching, to just assume that Jordan Love is picking up all that, you know, at the 100% level that you're hoping is just ignorant because we don't know. 
We don't know. Some guys can yeah. sit there and watch like Aaron Rodgers did. But if he ends up being a guy that just needs to learn by doing, then it's going to take him a little bit. And into this season, it's a bad NFC. We've talked about it. It's it's worse than most years. It's wide open, so that's a good thing. But at the same time, it's going to be a dogfight. The Bears got better. The Vikings are – you could argue they got better, but they stayed the same. But either way, they're still a good football team. And like I mentioned, the Lions, I think, got a lot better, and they should be the top team in the North. So that's just the division itself, Cam. I'm really concerned about Jordan Love and not like I have a concern like he he's going to screw it up more like all I'm concerned about is Jordan Love uh, not trying to sound like a talking head on like, you know, whoa, it's got to be a quarterback. It's got to be a quarterback and a quarterback. No, because I just mentioned all those guys and we talk about the roster, but it comes down to Jordan Love, does it not? Yeah, same thing with Justin Fields, and that's why I do think when it comes to this division, similar to the NFC South, I think we talked about, but it's going to be determined by field goals, Jake, right? Um, they can jump or they can fall based off of three or so points. Um, that The special teams for both of these teams are going to have to help them out because we're not sure how the quarterback's going to do. So um, the division can be, can be decided by a couple wins, a couple losses, and that's going to be by, by special team points and those field goals and extra points. So it's going to be very interesting, Jake. One thing I will say and I have him as a sleeper. I don't know if he'll be a sleeper on the Packers, but I do know he'll be a sleeper for someone else's team. It's an undrafted free agent, um, Emmanuel Wilson, Jake, coming out of Fort Valley State, Georgia. Oh, wow. Now, Jake, yes, number 31 for the Packers. Um, he was running the ball really well this this last off, this, this preseason game. Yeah. So, like I said, he's, he's going to find a way on someone's roster. I don't know if he'll be on the Packers roster because they're pretty deep with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. But I do think, similar to the Bears, similar to the Seattle Seahawks, having a great running back room could be very beneficial. Number 27, Taylor, he's more of your slasher running back. But this guy, Emmanuel Wilson, Jake, I do think he can be your uh, A.J. Dillon 2.0 for the Packers or whatever that is. But at the end of the day, he's going to have to play special teams and have to ball, he's going to have the ball out there. But Jake, just going back to just in general, the Packers and the Packers overall, um, it, it's going to be interesting. The NFC is, like you said, is not going to be is not the best this year. The AFC is definitely stronger, um, but for the Packers to to pull things off, they're going to be everything they have. Right? There's going to be a lot of expectations for love, um, and like you mentioned, like every quarterback learns a little bit different. Right? Um, you know, I want to go to. Uh, the 49ers in their quarterback situation, right? And Trey Lance and how he's learning. Thankfully, he got a, he got a, he's getting a little bit better, Jake, compared he to last, really you know, last preseason game at the end of that game. Yeah, yeah, I, and I'm happy for him because yeah. you know we talked about that kind of being a Ben Simmons moment where you know you have a lot of potential going in and then mentally things things are up and down. So finally, he's got his his, his act in order for Jordan Love, Jake. For Jordan Love, I'm glad he's figuring it out before and during the preseason before the season starts because if things don't go well, Aaron Rodgers with the Jets and he's leading the Packers and not doing well, it could be a lot of pressure for him, so much of the Trey Lance piece. So um, praying for a guy like Jordan Love, and, and we talked about this, Jake, when it comes to the plight of the black quarterback in the NFL, there's a little bit more, right? And there's a little bit more criticism and scrutiny on what they do, and so – just those two quarterbacks specifically, and you throw in Justin Fields as well. But I just I just hope that they figure it out this year, Jake. I hope they figure it out because if not, 
things are going to change up a little bit. And there's going to be a lot on social media where I have a feeling we're going to come on off the edge when the season starts in week two, week three. They're not doing well. We're going to have to defend them. We're going to say, hey, guys, don't, you know, don't do this and don't do that on social media. So I'm just hoping that Jordan Love is able to pull things off this year in a decent way. <laughs> I, I'm with you um, because, you know, we don't really root against players on here. Um you know, unless it was like Greg Hardy or something. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, really what it comes down to, Cam, is first off, you mentioned Emmanuel Wilson. I think he won the job over Patrick Taylor. I think they're going to keep him. I think he'll be the third running back. I think he's done enough. Um, I understand there's more to it in camp, but Patrick Taylor hasn't exactly dominated. Uh, it's not that he's a bad football player and they could keep four running backs, um, but it's kind of like, you mentioned Emmanuel Wilson can be like AJ Dillon. I think that's the issue is that um, <clears throat> with Patrick Taylor, it's another one of those big bodied running backs that runs with power. It's like, man, we got to get some diversity in this running back room, you know? And so I feel like Emmanuel <laughs> Wilson kind of gives you that because, you know, he can still, he can scamper, man. Like I saw those, those longer yeah. runs. So I like that. Um, one criticism uh, about the Packers. I'm going to say this. If Jordan love goes down, they're done. Um, Sean Clifford <laughs> is worse than bad. Um, I'm just going to say that right now. And the reason why I, I have some sort of like beef is because you just signed the USFL's MVP in uh, Alex Magoo. Okay. I'm not saying Alex Magoo is going to be the next Kurt Warner. Right. But I'm saying it just totally, in my opinion, devalues the USFL in spring football, if you have Alex Magoo, who just went off, won a title, was outstanding for the Stallions, and you know he's been building it up to this point, and it kind of proves my point with the quarter, the young quarterback ecosystem being broken because he comes over being the MVP of that league, Cam, and can't even get on the field in preseason. See, that's just not acceptable to me. Sean Clifford is not the next best thing since sliced bread. Sean Clifford. Most Penn State fans didn't want him to be their quarterback. And now he gets drafted in the fifth round. I'm like, this is C.J. Beathard all over again. Remember when C.J. Beathard got drafted two rounds ahead of George Kittle? Same school, but the reason George Kittle fell in the fifth round was because C.J. Beathard wasn't getting him the ball. Like, C.J. Beathard was struggling, underthrowing. He goes in the third. This is where talent evaluation in the NFL, I question. Because I think they, they get it right, but I think sometimes they're too close. They, they see the Penn State guys on. And then so you're, you're watching Penn State, but you're not watching USFL. It's like to me as a as a football evaluator, you should be watching all these games. You should have guys on the USFL. You should have had scouts out there. If you're going to sign Magoo and not play him, I'm not saying play him in the regular season, but not even give him a chance to go after this quarterback two job. It just seems kind of disrespectful and dismissive to the league. But it's also like. Sean Clifford isn't great. Like I'm sitting here like he's not making these great throws. I mean, we talked about it with Trask. Um, you know, it, it, it's not one of those things where it's a Kyler Murray who you just drafted or even, you know, this year, like CJ Stroud, who you don't want to show up because you just spent a first round pick on him. It's a fifth round pick cam. So I, yeah. I have issues with that. I'm not going to let like biases. I'm not an Alex Magoo fanboy or anything like that. But I'm not going to let like, the biases but, get to me. I just think, like, it, it is what it is. Like, I'm watching, and I'm just not seeing 
anything that could be considered NFL starter starter material, uh, material as Sean Clifford. He's going to be a backup yeah. the majority of his career. Um, you know, he's kind of a one read quarterback, and that's fine. But if you're wondering why, Magoo, yeah, if you're wondering why these guys aren't like, there's no more Kurt Warner's, Tony Romo's, even these guys aren't just showing out, and why everyone's making such a big deal out of Brock Purdy is because. Brock Purdy's don't happen anymore because the NFL doesn't give him a chance to. It took Garoppolo going down. It took Trey Lance to uh, break his ankle, dislocate his ankle for Brock Purdy to get that opportunity. Um, we're not seeing it anymore, and this is why. Yeah, and to your point, like Magoo, and there's one more preseason game left, so each team is operating a little bit differently, right? <clears throat> Jordan Love, I think, played a good amount of the first quarter, maybe, maybe the second, and so... Clifford kind of got the rest of the game, and that's that's fair. What we're what I'm expecting to see, Jake, is we regroup in a couple weeks from now is that Magoo has played three to maybe even four quarters of that preseason three game, right? Like um, Clifford had a lot this past game, and maybe he kind of starts off the next one, maybe the first quarter, maybe first couple of drives as he's the starter without Jordan Love there. But Magoo, I want to see him get the rest of the game. Like you said, you're the MVP of the uh, of XFL or some of these other leagues, USFL. Let's start them. Let's give them an opportunity. Let's give them the chance. Let's build that pipeline of just great football. And Magoo, if, even if he doesn't make the – and this also, Jake, I'm actually thinking through this. It, this could be strategy, right? It, no, Magoo that's what I was getting out, to. That's what I mean. It yeah, is strategy. Yeah. And that's why I don't like it. it yeah. I think it's disrespectful to him. So he was never yeah, going to compete out, for the yeah. two job. They just want to basically get him now because he was a hot commodity. Now he's not a hot commodity. Yeah. Two weeks later, Cam, no one's thinking about him. And then they'll easily get him yeah. to slide on down to the practice squad. I don't like it. I yeah. don't like it. Put him, they're putting him on ice. They're trying to save him, Jake. They're trying to save him for later to so make sure that no one – well, it's hard to say that no one really sees him because he balled out and got the MVP, but they might just be trying to – save him during the preseason so the teams won't poach him if they do decide to cut him and then re reclaim him again so who knows <laughs> it goes back to the uh the famous line that every football player that i've ever talked to and you have used it's a business it's it, it's it's <laughs> yeah. a business i mean i i'm going to still you know criticize it because i think he's a better i he's more ready to play right now than sean clifford Hmm. I mean, that, that, like yeah. no one can debate that. But anyway, we've we've touched enough on that. Just wanted to give Alex Magoo <laughs> some uh, some grace because he he balled yeah. out in the USFL and that should count for something. Um, and this is why the NFL needs a minor league system. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we could go on and on and on. <laughs> Vikings, we both have it too. Um, why do we ha both have them at two? Well, I think first off, my uh, sleeper is a starter, another starter. But it's got to be because I think as soon as Dalvin Cook left that running back room, everyone was like, get Ezekiel in here right now. Get this guy in here right now. Sign this guy. Sign this guy. Hold up. Alexander Madison is a good running back, man. He's been holding down the two spot. And by the way, Dalvin Cook has struggled to stay healthy. So Alexander Madison has actually been in there a lot of the time to be that guy and fill in. And he's had some big games. And. You know, this guy has a, a 4.1 yards per carry average for his career. And he, you know, a big reason for that is because his last uh, season, 2022, he had 3.8.
but this guy's 11 touchdowns. Like, I think he's somewhat underrated, right? Um, and when you go and you, you look over, you know, at his, um, you know, his game log, okay, he doesn't play a ton, but he's gotten in and he's had some good games, 4.6 yards per carry, 13 carries. He had a, a 4.8 yard per carry game uh, in 2019. And then, you know, he has games where he went for 20 carries, 112 yards in a one point loss in 2020 to Seattle, averaging 5.6 yards per carry. He had a 26 against Seattle again in 2021. He starts, he gets 26 carries, 4.3 yards per carry, 112 uh, yards. Then he goes and he starts against Detroit in a win in 2021, 25 carries, 113 yards, starts against Detroit again later on that season, 22 carries, 90 yards. Um, I think this is somebody that has what it takes (laughs) to be a starter. I do. Is he a high end starter cam? No. He doesn't have to be, though, because you got Kirk Cousins throwing the ball to now Jordan Addison, first-round pick we really like, Justin Jefferson, and K.J. Osborne really came on and broke on in the scene. And I actually, I'm going to predict yours right now. I don't know if this is your uh, your Vikings uh, sleeper. I'm going to say it's Brandon Powell. Is it? No, it's not. It's okay, not. <laughs> but he, he's been turning heads in camp, and it's like, Okay, so Brandon Powell is kind of your your return guy potentially, and now he's looking good uh, to the shock of nobody in Kevin O'Connell's offense. Um, so he could be the four. They have Jalen Rager, who's playing well in preseason. So I don't know, man. Um, I think there are a lot of weapons here for Kirk Cousins. I wouldn't be against them going out and getting another running back, although they did spend a pick on Dwayne McBride. Um, he's got fumbling concerns. I think that's my issue with him. Uh, Kenne and Wangwu is somebody that they spent a fourth rounder on in 2021. And Ty Chandler, I think, looked really good in the preseason so far, uh, the fifth rounder from last year. So I think with the offensive line that we've already talked about before at length, it's a good offensive line. Darius saw his turn into an elite uh, left tackle. Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, Brian O'Neill, those guys. Um, you know, I, I like the offensive line makeup. I think the big thing here is that Ed Donatel is out as defensive coordinator. Okay, that was a big issue. They brought in my guy, Brian Flores, who I think is become underrated, Cam. Um, I think people forget that Patriots game in the Super Bowl against the Rams. That was Brian Flores' defense that just terrorized the Rams' offense. Terrorized. <laughs> so now you give yeah. Brian Flores Byron Murphy. You give him Harrison Smith, Marcus Davenport, Jordan Hicks, Daniil Hunter, Harrison Phillips in the trenches, Dean Lowry, um, Ivan Pace is balling out in preseason. Looks like an absolute stud UDFA linebacker. Makai Blackman, a guy that you and I both liked. I just think that there's a lot here to work with, and I'm very excited to see uh, what you know somebody like Brian Flores can do with this defense. So um, I don't have him winning the division, but I think they're going to be really good. Yeah, and Jake, I think too, when you talk about Brian Flores, I think the Vikings are here because of coaching in in general they have gr- a great coaching staff and i do think when it comes to winning games we talk about the, we talk about the bears we talk about the packers you know those games being decided by extra points and field goals at three point difference coaching is also going to be able to create that separation i do believe that the vikings just have excellent coaching through and through so no matter who's playing they're going to do pretty well kirk cousins jake after watching qb um it was funny after watching qb on netflix uh with my buddy andre sims who played at michigan state you know he played with kirk and i was like dude 
I just don't get it. You know, I didn't really know about Kirk like that. I didn't really know his story like that. And after hearing my buddy Andre talk about Kirk while we were watching the show, I was like, okay, Kirk is the guy, right? He's He is your Superman in disguise. You know, sometimes you'll see his swag. I know he wear the, he'll wear the chains, but other than that, he'll kind of wear your like corduroy pants and like your checkered shirt, you know, like nothing too crazy. But Andre was saying, my buddy that played wide receiver at Michigan State, that he's like, I will go to war for Kirk. I will go go to war with Kirk. And so to hear that, that that's all I need to hear. That's all I need to know. And Andre, by the way, he's gonna be my best man at my wedding. So I, hey, I trust his word a little go. bit. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, and I might have told you about my, uh, Michigan State was my first official, uh, unofficial visit because it was my buddy Andre's official visit. But my first trip, uh, my first official uh, visit um, to a college, essentially Michigan State, it was when they beat Notre Dame and Dan Antonio, I think he got a heart attack, I think after that extra field goal point. But I have a new respect, long story short, for Kirk Cousins and what he's done in his career. And so I do think that that second place um, in this division is is nice and fitting for him. And then, Jake, too, you think about just the quarterbacks that are backing him up a little bit. You know, you got uh, Jaron Jaren Hall and Mullins. He has depth there. And so if something does happen to Kirk Cousins, I feel comfortable with him moving forward. We talk about the Packers. Um, and we talked about the Bears. We're not just we're not sure. And so we get to the playoff time. You know, guys are getting nicked up and injured. You know, that week 15, 16, if there's a backup that needs to play for Justin Fields, I'm not sure what that looks like. But for Kirk Cousins, I feel comfortable with Mullen stepping in and, you know, doing his thing a little bit there. And then Jaron Hall as well. I liked him. He was one of my guys coming out of the draft. So um, I do feel comfortable with that offense and how, how they're moving the ball forward. And they talked about on defense with with Flores. That's that's a game changer. And Jake, I'm going to talk about my sleeper here, CJ Ham. Now he's a fullback. I know we talked about some of the running back room that changing, changing up a bit, but they have a veteran in there that started on special teams, undrafted guy, but has found, kept his way and kept his position on this team. And I think we talked about it before, but when you're undrafted, you're trying to make a team. John Fossil told me it's, it's hard to make the team, but even harder to stay. And so for a guy like CJ Ham playing fullback in the NFL, Jake, not running back, fullback that means he knows what he's doing and so i think he's gonna be able to bring along any running back that's there right if you want to have a, a two running back backs uh backfield throw him back there and so cj ham is my sleeper someone that i've had problems with to be honest playing special teams myself you know cj ham is lined up at that kind of wing spot and i'm going to attack him to block the punt or something and he's giving me the work so um respect to cj ham and he's he's my sleeper for the vikings but Great coaching, and I do think they'll do well in this division. Okay, so we both have the Lions number one. Um, you know, and I think this has kind of been a long time coming. You know, I think it was going to happen with Stafford. Um, it did not. Stafford ends up getting traded, goes to the Rams, wins the Super Bowl. So I don't think he's complaining about it. But, you know, I think uh, Jared Goff is starting to get that confidence back that we saw that moxie that he had. Uh, with that 2018 Rams team kind of lost it in 2019 saw a little bit of it in 2020 here and there and then kind of fell off um but I think he's really starting to get back to that that comfortability and I think a lot of it is due to Ben Johnson and just I give so much props to him because the fact that he stayed when I mean he anybody in his position could have been like Man, I don't know. It's a gamble. The Lions never have any success. Like, they haven't, you know, won anything big. Why am I staying here? I should go and be a head coach. He's like, no, I'm going to buy into this team. We got work to do, unfinished business. And so I like that. Uh, I think that helps Jared Goff keeping the same OC. 
I think going out and getting Jameer Gibbs is almost like a cheat code for this team. They didn't really need him, uh, but he can do everything as a running back, catching passes, running between the tackles, outside the tackles. Uh, Not bad in pass pro, not great, but not bad. And then you have David Montgomery, who you signed from rival Chicago Bears. So now it's like, all right, you know, Jamal Williams, who they liked, it's like, all right, Jamal, like, here's the deal, right? We know you had 17 touchdowns. We don't really care. David Montgomery could get 17 touchdowns at the goal line. So they went out. They got David Montgomery, who I think is a better overall runner. Um, They signed Benny Snell to add some depth. They have Jamar Jefferson, who I like, the seventh rounder at 2021. Craig Reynolds is another guy. Um, So I like the the, the running back room. Um, I don't love the number, but I absolutely love the pickup of Teddy Bridgewater. Just the fact that he's wearing 50 should be uh, a felony. Um, But, you know, I think when you look at the the wide receiver room right now, you're like, man, it would not hurt to have Jamison Williams. And the suspension is really frustrating, but he is going to come back eventually. And so I think that's a good thing. It's almost like, Cam, I look at it like when the Rams got OBJ. You know, he missed a lot of time and then he just like he comes to the Rams. It took him a little bit to get going, but then he was like fresh and he was useful down the stretch to get to the Super Bowl and win that because the start of that Super Bowl. I mean, OBJ, when he says he was going to have over 200 yards, I believe him. Um, But Jamison Williams made a dumb uh, mistake. He'll be back, though. He's not out for the year. Josh Reynolds. You know, you have him, obviously, that goes back to the Rams with the rapport that Jared Goff has built with him. Marvin Jones, he's a fan favorite. He's coming back to the Lions. You love to see that. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is still one of the best, you know, wide receivers in football. You have Khalif Raymond, uh, Shadow Sleeper, and Antoine Green, uh, who we've discussed before. Um, But I want to turn your attention and obviously, I love the offensive line, Decker, Jackson, Ragno, Glasgow, and uh, Penny Sewell. But I want to turn your attention before we even look at the defense, Cam. Sam Laporta, that's my sleeper. Because Sam Laporta oh, is playing a position that you and I have talked about as the hardest position to play as a rookie. You have to learn how to be an offensive lineman, and you have to be a wide receiver. That's not easy to do. Laporte is going to do it, and he's going to pass with flying colors. I trust anybody that comes out of Iowa. Look at the track record. You know, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, Noah Fant. I mean, all those guys. And so I think Laporta is better than Fant. Uh, I like him almost as much as Hawkinson. He's not quite Kittle for me. Um, But I think when you have a guy like that, you saw what Brock Wright did last year with Jared Goff. Uh, James Mitchell is still somebody I'm really high on out of Virginia fifth rounder that dealt with some injuries. He's ha- he has an exciting ceiling. Um, this is a two tight end league. So it doesn't matter if it's Brock Wright or Mitchell lining up across from Sam Laporta. That is going to be lethal. Um, so I think Jared Goff has a lot of weapons. They outfitted that offense the way it should be protections. There cam. I really like all around Um, what Jared Goff is walking into. And I have to caution people because the common thing I keep seeing, well, the Lions look like the worst preseason team. Yep, Nate Sudfeld had two interceptions. That's why right after that, they went out and signed Teddy Bridgewater. They are aware, okay? They're aware that they weren't even able to really evaluate their offense because of how poor the quarterback play was. It's why they went out and got Bridgewater. Um, They're aware of that. Hendon Hooker's on the non-football injury list. Like, he's probably not going to play the whole year. That's okay. He's a long-term piece. 
they like Jared Goff. They like the guys that they've added. And then the defense with CJ Gardner Johnson getting Brian Branch as a steal in the second round. Jack Campbell, they really like. Aiden Hutchinson, last year's first round pick. Um, they just have a lot of talent on their defense. Kirby Joseph, last year's third round pick, really came on strong. Mosley from the 49ers, Cam Sutton from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Tracy Walker. They have so much talent that I just don't think people realize. Like when I say like it, Cam, every single time I say it's going to be the Lions versus the Bengals, people look at me like I have eight eyes. Like, have you not been paying attention <laughs> to the Bengals? They almost went to the Super Bowl two years in a row. Like that was yeah. almost possible. And the Lions. They got screwed out of the playoffs, man. I'm just going to say it right now. We all saw that Seattle Rams game. They were screwed out of the playoffs. Lions fans, you have every reason to be upset. But, hey, you know what? You live to play another day. This is pretty much the same team, but better than last year. Everyone is an age older, and I think for a younger team, that's going to be great. And going out and getting a guy like C.J. Gardner-Johnson that played in a Super Bowl, you're going to have that you know, combination of talent, experience, and vice versa. A lot of athleticism. Cam, this is the team to beat in the NFC. I really believe that. Yeah, you mentioned the Seattle game and how the Lions got cheated. I'm going to say cheated out of the game, but out of the playoffs, but fell a little bit short. And the head referee being from Seattle. I'm, I'm just, I'm know, just hey. saying. I'm just saying. We talked about that. We had a we had a laugh about that one. Yeah, a little, little, home, a little home cooking maybe. And you mentioned, though, Seattle. That's another team in the NFC that I do think, alongside the Lions, would be super dangerous. Seattle is coming along nicely, have a lot of momentum moving forward, and the Lions do as well. And, Jake, we talk about the NFC, NFC West, and the Rams the Rams staff, we do believe in Rams on here. I know a lot of the folks from the Rams have come over to the Lions, so which is really cool to see new GM, Jared Goff himself, and a lot of the players, a lot of the coaching staff. So it's really cool to see the folks from that championship team install a championship mentality here at the Lions. And not only are they have that championship mentality, but talked about it earlier. They sold out the preseason game. And I think it was the first time ever in Lions history. So the fans feel it. We feel it. I do think the Lions are gonna, you know, shake things up a bit, Jake. They're gonna shake things up. If they make the playoffs, it could be super dangerous for other teams in the playoffs as well. But um Jake, someone after just watching this preseason game I became a fan of Number 79, John Kaminsky, playing that defensive end position. Jake, when I say he was shutting shit down, right, excuse my language, but let's just call a spade a spade. I mean, my guy John, and, you know, we, we're going to be talking about our preseason, you know, week two, defensive players, offensive players of the week. John will be mine. I mean, Jake, he had a sack that game. He had about a couple of tackles in the, you know, first couple, first couple snaps of the gameplay. And, Jake, I know we talk about this a lot. As defensive ends, we talk about anchoring and setting the edge. They have some teach tape, teach tape of John setting the edge um, in a preseason game. Jake, right? Like the, the announcers are talking about it. They run a highlight back, just showing him, showing a simple technique of him doing the right thing. And I do think if anyone is watching a guy like John, if you're an undrafted guy or whoever you are, just doing the little things right can go a long way. So I, I know he's a starter, but I'm just going to call him out. And then someone else to Jake Josh Reynolds as well. Talk about a Rams guy that went to the Lions and it's finding success. Josh Reynolds, an undrafted guy who is just continually to increase and be a presence in this game of football. And so I want to call him out as well. But the Lions, Jake, super impressive. Um, you talk about Jack Campbell, Jake. I mean, I know I said like all pro, like all pro rookie linebacker, but 
after watching this preseason, hearing the guys talk about him, my man is 6'5", Jake, about 257, running sideline to sideline like he's six feet tall, you know, 215, 220 like myself. I mean, he is stopping gaps. He's defending passes. Every He's doing everything really well. And I just have, like, I'm not going to say Luke Keekley because Luke Keekley was next level mentally. I'm not sure where Jack is on that radar, but Jack is, I'm sorry, um, yeah, but Jack is definitely showing up at the linebacker position, and it's it's looking spooky, man. As a rookie, to be splashing like this is is kind of spooky. So um, I just want I just want to flag him, man, because he's he's someone I think you know. Halfway in the season, we talk about Pro Bowl votes and whatnot. I, I want to see Jack on that list. So the Lions looking to take number one into this division and could take number one if they get in the playoffs uh, as they continue. So. Um, one of the most exciting teams to watch, uh, the Lions here. And yeah, man, this is this has been a great episode because, like I said, the Lions a year before, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, whatever it is, we have, would not have been talking about them the way we are now. No chance. And just to add on to what you're saying, you know, I just think when you look at a guy like James Houston, you know, last year, late, we're talking late, uh, you know, six, seven round pick, he gets almost nine sacks last year, like. I mean, to find that production and then clearly you're doing a good job with your development of these guys as well. And so John Kaminsky, somebody I interviewed at the senior bowl, really, really nice guy. Um, you know, he comes out of kind of nowhere. I mean, he gets invited to the senior bowl. <laughs> he came out of Charleston cam Charleston. Yeah. So, you know, I understand that's not nowhere, but like you're not thinking of Charleston all the time, you know, when you're, but Julian Aquara, you know, third round pick, maybe it took him a little bit to get going 2020. He had three sacks in the opening preseason game, uh, mm. playing with, uh, I believe his brother, Romeo Aquara. So that's kind of cool. Malcolm Rodriguez last year. It's again, getting production out of your late round picks, but just as much as per, just as much production out of your earlier round picks. And that's why we're talking about the Lions the way we are. I mean, Derek Barnes is somebody I really like fourth rounder at 2021. Um, there's just, there's a lot of guys here, Cam, that you just, you look and you're like, wow, they have him. They have him. He's not even starting. And he's a, you know, it's like, that's the thing. Like Josh Pascal is a second rounder in 2022. I have no doubt he's going to get an opportunity and make some plays. So uh, Kaminsky yeah. guy that's, you know, now established in the league was with the Falcons. He's now uh, in Detroit. You know, they have some guys, of course, you know, you talk about Jameson Williams coming back. The whole thing with Denzel Mims isn't a huge deal because I think they're deep enough at wide receiver where it's not going to bother them. And it was just like, hey, let's just see what can happen, you know. Um, so all in all, his team has got the goods, man. They have the goods. Um, you know, I think that's going to wrap up this show. But yeah, NFC North, stay tuned. Should be uh, should be fun. It's definitely it's going to be a dogfight, I think, for those second, third and fourth spots. Um, Although, albeit, I will say the Lions I have up here. I have the Vikings right around here. And then this is kind of where I see the Bears and Packers fitting in. But hey, this is why they play the games, man. We don't know. You know, this is just what we're our evaluations based on the end of last year, how hot some of these teams were coming into this year and what moves they made. We're looking at paper and we're looking at preseason right now. That's the only thing that we can yeah. tell. So uh, if you're sitting there as a Packers fan, don't like that we had you at four or three or whatever, just know we're not like gospel. Okay. Every time we say something, it does not mean <laughs> it's going to come true. Although, to be fair, Cam was called Cam Stradamus. Uh, he 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 <laughs> created that uh, self uh, 
self-imposed there when he uh, <clears throat> he basically predicted Chicago drafting two defensive linemen, which was insanity. Kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah. Get lucky sometimes. From the hey, future? Get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing too, Jake, I, I want to call out as well. I know before we wrap here, some of our preseason, you know, attaboys, game balls for week two. And really quick, um, offense, Austin Watkins, number 80 for the Browns absolutely went off coming out of UAB yeah. this preseason game. So whether he's on the Browns or not, someone needs to pick him up. And then Jackson Smith and Jig Jake for the Seattle Seahawks. He is what we thought he was and more, I believe. So that's excellent there. And then defense, John Kaminsky, as I said, and then Jake Hummel out of the Rams, pick six, undrafted guy to Iowa State, balled out, and I do think he will make this football team. So those are my highlights before we wrap there. Yeah, I just want to give uh, you know a shout-out to somebody that was given a lot of flack, uh, and it's not Trey Lance because that's the obvious one. Um, the guy who was given a lot of flack a week ago um, was Skylar Thompson guy that played really well in the playoffs immediately people are like oh i'm out on him he had bad preseason came back through three touchdowns this week just a complete blowout effort against the texans you love to see it tank bigsby your guy had 13 carries for 70 yards he looks like him and then of course um you know kyle trask even he looked pretty good 218 yards a touchdown uh you know, obviously we're praying for John Wolford and what he went through that, that injury. Um, it sounds like he could be okay. Uh, you know, he did have a flight back with the team, which is miraculous in itself. Um, but then my last highlight here is going to have to be aided O'Connell. Uh, we are watching a potential franchise quarterback in the making. I mean, if (laughs) I, I kind of mentioned the idea of him potentially being like the Russell Wilson of this class where, you know, they spent a ton of money on Matt Flynn. And then all of a sudden it's like, what have we done? But wait, oh, what have we done? We have Russell Wilson. Like, it's almost like it doesn't matter now. Jimmy Garoppolo had a good drive. But if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't stay healthy, there's first off, there's no reason Aiden O'Connell shouldn't have been out there. Like, Hoyer should not have been out there. Aiden O'Connell should be the backup. He's looked great. Two games in a row. That was your guy. I'm just saying, man, uh, call a spade a spade. He's not He's not throwing a, you know, Devontae Adams. All right? So give him Devonte yeah. Adams, give him Hunter Renfro and those guys, um, you know, and, and you might see something even more. So I'm excited for Aiden yeah. O'Connell as a football fan and a football analyst. Uh, O'Connell should get you very giddy. If you are a Raiders fan watching this. Very, very giddy. Now, like I said, I know we're at time. I will talk about this on our believe in Ram show. Aiden O'Connell, dude, I was at the game next level, his placement, his accuracy, his professionalism, he's got it, dude. He's got it. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those guys he leads by just example. You know, he's not rah-rah. He's not in your face. But, hey, sometimes that's all you need. But that's it, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed. This is our last, uh, you know, episode of this series in which we break down all of the, um, you know, the divisions. Uh, moving forward, we're going to be covering games. So that's going to be great. Yeah. You know, recapping, previewing, all that good stuff. So, uh Be sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't. Like, subscribe, comment, rate, review. And we'll see you guys back here next time. Later, folks. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.